0: to Divine Through Line. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt. And I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really, truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey everyone, Divine Through Line tribe, everyone out there all over the planet tuning in over the airwaves of the amazing podcast. I'm so incredibly blessed and honored to be here and to be able to share via this extraordinary medium and uh, connect with all of you in deeper and deeper ways. Um, I have been so immensely touched by all of your emails and letters, sharing your experiences. It's truly, truly um, touching to hear about your life transformation, what's been going on with you, and also to hear about topics that I may be able to be of assistance and possibly providing some sort of support. And so this week, I think I'm episode 85, but I can't get online right now, so I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, then I'm sorry. But anyway, I think it's episode 85 of Divine Throughline today. Um... I want to talk about our teenagers. I want to talk about children um, that are coming of age, that are between the um, sort of completion of childhood and moving into what it means to be a young adult and finding their way and their compass. I also want to just mention that um, I was, uh, I had rolled back the episodes to just once a week. Uh, the intention was to post them on Thursday. I achieved that intention sometimes and sometimes not. Um, but anyway, I have completed an integration that I was going through. And so now I'm going to be offering healing techniques, uh, I hope, every week. Um, I, there's so much to cover. I could do a podcast every single day, but. We're all busy, so you guys probably couldn't listen every single day. Anyway, Uh, so anyway, uh, I want to start with the subject of our teenagers, um, and it's tricky. I have received uh, quite a few letters from some of you guys reaching out to me, asking me to share on this topic. And I also understand that um, we're kind of in a catch 22 because the most horrifying thing that a teenager could experience is if their parent talked about them <laughs> in some way. So I've had my own uh, experiences of late that would be extremely helpful to share. And I have to do it in, an, of course, in a way that's honoring that honors that need for privacy or, you know, the the choice for privacy and for their own experience. So I'm going to speak very generally. <clears throat> I'll probably slip into some personal experience as well, uh, but it's something that I've been um, sort of uh, grappling with really this year. I think maybe the first time I had a very unusual experience, and I think it's because of a few things. It was my life plan. Um, it's my connection with my two older boys from past lifetime remembered. Um, and the fact that I ended up being in a band with my boys over you know a nine-year period was something that I think is very extraordinary and really pretty unusual. Uh, most uh, books or um, I would say common opinion out there is that when little boys become a certain age whatever 9 10 11 they separate from their mother and they um, you know make this differentiation And that, in fact, was not my experience whatsoever, uh, obviously. So um, I consider that a great blessing of my life and don't take it for granted. If any of you guys are new to me, um, my two albums, which are on iTunes under Srimati or... Uh, also on CD Baby and and can be accessed through my site. Actually, some of you guys emailed me and you were like, where can I get your music? Well, of course, on my website, you can get it easily. Um, I have two albums. One is called Mother of Mine. The other one is called Jai Home. And these were songs that I wrote during our dark night period when my husband, Rich, was going through his transformation. I was also going through a very inner transformation. So these are songs that I channeled during those years, and I had the immense blessing of becoming a musician alongside my sons, who were actually 8 and 10 at the time. They're only 17 months apart, so maybe it was 8 and 9. Um, so uh, anyway, I wanted to just share that with you if you want to check it out. Um, we're incredibly proud of that work. I just I can't believe in a way I can, but, you know, they produced, Tyler produced, arranged everything, and they played all of the instruments except um, any of the cello or violin that you hear. Um, and they did not, would not sing with me at that time because they did not want their voices to be documented as a little boy because they are uh, musicians. That is their chosen mission in life and their Recording their first EP right now. Um, So anyway, so that was my experience. But I started to go through this sort of um, separation really this year. And again, much later than most. I mean, my boys are in their 20s now. But there came this moment of that they, you know, they weren't around or they didn't want to play music with me. And they've actually never really said that to me. But it's just how everything sort of landed I could feel you can feel the separation let's say that so it was hard for me I mean it really was especially because I have these friends and companions that I've spent a ton of time with <laughs> who do we spend more time with than our children um and uh, and also just um in the way that we connected as musicians to sort of you know feel that separation and see them going and spending time with other family members or friends, or um, you know finding that separation. So it was definitely a, an adjustment, and um, there's a lot of pain you know that goes on during that time and and um I think i've I've already shared, and i I know Tyler doesn't care, but um you know, certain things started happening, like you know, Tyler came back from Europe and he was smoking cigarettes, and I was like freaking out, you know, like the one thing. It was like, that's like the devil. I was like,. Like, what? Um, so that was kind of an interesting experience, and he's already blown through that, and, yeah, that's not happening anymore, so uh, so that's good. Um, but I remember talking to my friend Lucy Pinter. You guys, actually, if you... Um, like Instagram, you got to follow Lucy Pinter, Lucy Pinter, L-U-C-Y-P-I-N-T-E-R. She is an extraordinary uh, artist. She had a fashion line called Superfine. If you guys ever see jeans that I'm wearing, they were from her line. Literally the best jeans in the world. And um, she's going through transition now. She's going to be putting together an eco line, which I cannot wait. She's just one of the most extraordinary fashion designers on the planet. And Lucy is the mother of two extraordinarily gorgeous kids, and she has an Instagram that is breathtaking. Her style, the way that she takes pictures um, is really stunning. It's kind of like every single day you're seeing something stunning on her feed. So... Check her out. Um, she's really one of my closest friends. Um, so anyway, check her out. Um, but I'm bringing her up in this discussion because her her kids are still you know littler. There um, she has a daughter Jaya who's I think ten or eleven. Um, I have a Jaya too. Um, you guys know that she's nine. And then uh, her son Aster is I don't know six seven something like that. And I was telling, she was kind of coaching me through this um, separation when the boys kind of took some space and, and um, you know, we were talking about how kids, you know, you, ha- you give birth to these beautiful beings, you take care of them your entire life and you're devoted to them like above all and they challenge you more than anything. They sort of require more than any other person that you've met. And then when they come of age, they leave you. <laughs> and Lucy was telling me, she was like, she was like, it's, it's just horrible. It's the most horrible thing that could ever happen. And we were, you know, we were laughing about it. But it really is, it's really, really difficult. And I think, um, from my perspective, the hardest thing as a mom is to allow them to go into their darkness, to allow them to go into their experience. And, you know, different Kids do it different ways. You know, it can be drugs, and it's this is a you know, touchy. Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, oh, it's great, like, let's smoke pot with our kids, and that's amazing. That's not where I am. Uh, but what I'm saying is that as beings, as spiritual beings, uh, having a human experience, we all have to go into those spaces to find ourselves, to find out who we are. And I think, at least for me as a mom, it's very, very difficult to understand. How I could raise these boys in such care and beauty and celebration and life and support and freedom, and they are flawless, you know, in every way. In all of their imperfections, they are perfect. And yet, when they hit a certain age, this feeling of of loathing or of uh, discomfort in the body arises. And different, you know, some of this shows up in, as eating disorders, some of it shows up as mental imbalance, some of it shows up as, you know, physical cutting even, which I don't have a lot of experience with, but I'm aware of it. So it's how do we stand space for our teenagers and for our children as they make this transition? And how do we stay present with an open heart through the pain, through the rejection Um, through, you know, the feeling of being tossed to the side like an old dish rag (laughs) after you've devoted your life. It's quite a, quite an amazing experience. And I had this with, um, with one of my children, one of the younger ones uh, actually recently. And um, we went and I invited her to go to yoga with me and I kind of made her go to yoga with me really, but we were laughing, we were laughing and giggling and teasing. And 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 I find that that is the way that I can connect with my teenager. Is I I can't be their authoritarian anymore. Not that I really ever was, except I think children really view the mother or the main caregiver as really God. As you know, I had that experience. My kids would always ask you know, Rich would come in and, and grab a cookie out of the jar and they would say, Mom, can he have a cookie? <laughs> so, you know, they kind of they kind of develop this uh, idea, you know, you're the one who's basically commanding all of the choices and everything that's going on. Um, but I think, and I know Swami Vidya actually was talking about this and he was saying, you know, you have about until they're 12 years old and then after that, the only way you can connect with them is by being their friend. Now you have to be a very wise friend. So I'm not saying that you just, uh, green light any kind of behavior or have no boundaries, but you'll have a better chance of connecting with them if you don't, um, make them wrong. If you don't, uh, if you allow them their experience and instead of, uh, resisting their experience, um, be curious, be inquisitive, like, Oh, how, why do you feel like that? And, you know how do you feel about scary movies and how do you feel about violent movies and how do you know what do you think about that and how does that make you feel? Those are questions that are empowering to them that give them the respect uh, of that you would give any other adult any other person hopefully so that's been my technique and uh, so we we arrived at this restaurant we were at a vegan restaurant and we were eating dinner. And then suddenly it's like all at once um, she was not having a good time. And I offered uh, like an escape hatch because uh, Rich was nearby and he could come and get her. And I said, you can go with him. And, and I even said, if you're not feeling good, I won't go to yoga. I'll drive you back home. And she said, no, 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 no. I want to go. Well, what happened is After we got in the car and we had some communication between the two of us, and I was like, hey, you know, like that's lots of vibes coming at me. Like what happened? We were laughing. And then as I talked to her about it, she finally admitted to me that something had happened at school and she wasn't feeling well and, you know, she'd gotten her feelings hurt, but she didn't know how to tell me because she was too... Um, busy putting the armor on, like you know, she had to fight against it. She had to protect herself to be able to survive the day at school, and so when she came home, she wanted to give me that. And the reason she wants to give me that is that I'm the closest person to her, and she knows that I love her unconditionally, and that I will not abandon her, and that I'm here for her. So. It was really beautiful that we got to that and I instantly dropped any of my discomfort or annoyance. And I just thanked her for telling me and I got it. And you know we were, I was able to be there for her. And i was so glad that she communicated to me. But I was thinking to myself, wow. It's like if you, don't, if you aren't able to keep your heart open enough to go through the rejection, like if you can't stay open and allow... The rejection, like let's say you just get your feelings hurt and then you just shut the door and you're like, that's it, I'm taking your phone away and you're grounded and that's unacceptable. You've suddenly missed the whole opportunity of what's really underneath there. And I don't know about you guys, but I know that one of the most difficult times of my life, actually the time when I was really hurting myself the most, was during these years. Um, I had you know, a lot of uh, promiscuous sex at a way too young age, um, you know, looking to sort of connect in with this male love or this actually probably divine love that I had been disconnected from. So, you know, for us to then raise our kids in this idyllic, you know, I, I think that parents of this generation in many cases are much more connected with our children than our parents were to us. Just a matter of evolution. But I think even so, I think I was kind of surprised that even if you raise your children in love and unconditional love and respect and, and honoring and, you know, all of these things, it doesn't mean that they get to pass go these dark points and these dark points are what define them. It, what it's, it's how we as individuals become who we are. And so, you know, being a parent is a dance and being a mom is a dance and um, I think that In my experience, we do well if we remain open and neutral and available for our own individual experience, not attaching to anybody else's idea of how teenagers are or how boys are with their mothers or how girls are with their fathers or how girls are with their mothers. Um, I am rejecting the paradigm that my girls are going to you know, hate me (laughs) when they're teenagers. Uh, we'll see how that is for me. We'll see how the life, you know, unfolds. But I, um, I've tried to develop a very real intimate way of disagreeing, of arguing, of fighting, you know, um, uh, it's emotional. It's not all pretty up in a little box, but at the end, um, I'm, my heart is open. I just keep opening my heart, keep opening my heart. And they can feel that. They can feel that I might be yelling at them because we're fighting about something, but underneath they know that I'm really, really with them. So uh, I would say to all of us, I just wanted to present that or offer that as a possible possible reflection. It can be so extremely challenging to go through Uh, parenting as our young ones move into adulthood. I've often said that I really think our society keeps our children, um, you know, in a box too long. It's in spiritual practice when they're 12, they go through initiation. And, you know, of course, we're bar mitzvah, or bat mitzvah in the Jewish tradition. You know, they're very in touch with that. Uh, But really, I think children just, you know, they want to be given respect, self-respect, and honoring, you know, for you know, who they are and what they want to experience in their life. And I think overall, if you give that to your children, even from the time they're babies, um, it will be felt and it will um, help to develop a very intimate and a very deep, meaningful connection between parent and child. Um, I think that if we gave more responsibility to our teenagers, there would be less rebellion. So they have to, at some point, self-regulate. They have to make their own decisions. And one of the things that I'm, you know, I'm teasing uh, my teenager about, but she knows I'm not really actually teasing, is... um, you know, I'm I'm like, yeah, yeah let's set up a, a clubhouse outside. We'll move you in. We'll give you your own, you know, household budget. And let's <laughs> let's see how you do. And she laughs and she's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So anyway, she knows I'm kind of a wild card. So um, she wouldn't put it past me. But um, it's a dance. And what I would say to any mother, or any father who's struggling out there, if your child is having issues, um, don't internalize it. Don't personalize it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with experiencing uh, the dark parts of our world. Uh, you know, we we hope and we pray that our children are safe and that. They can go through um, not such deep depths of darkness to actually experience themselves, but it really is an individual process. It really is it, it's dependent on the soul, what is the life plan, you know, what was uh, determined for the soul's discovery of itself or remembrance of itself. And we don't get to say what the timeline is or how that how that works. Um, we have a dear member of our community, um, Todd, uh, who actually uh, lost his son. His son transitioned, you know, some two months ago. And, um, you know, that that is the ultimate um, uh, difficulty to face. Um, and even in that experience, uh, our job is to keep an open heart, to keep expanding, to keep... Um, opening to deeper and deeper levels of love, knowing that there is no death, that there is only life. And these experiences are part of the soul plan and designed to uh, bring us into greater and greater levels of awareness and life experience. So there are many, many uh, levels, dimensions, places where we can experience life, both in and out of a body, and it's this connection to the divine plan that helps us to uh, process the grief, to process the suffering, and to, again, uh, beyond all experience, to keep opening our hearts, to keep the heart open, and continue to open into love, because at the end of the day, that's really all there is. So I hope you guys found that to be interesting, something to ponder. Um, I'd welcome your perspectives and your insights. Um, again, if you're not part of the community, um, we have a Facebook group called Divine Line. And you can join there. There's about, I think, 500 of us. And people have been providing support for each other and sharing experience on that page. So if you'd like to join, send a request and and we'll, um, we'll confirm you into the group. So thank you so much. So I um, I just returned from completing uh, this workshop for the template. I mentioned it last episode. And for those of you who haven't, I, I highly, highly recommend that you go to the template. Um, I think it's thetemplate.org. But even better yet, first, I would go to YouTube and search the template and watch Ceremony 1 and Ceremony 2. I had the great pleasure and blessing to do a six-day uh, workshop with these sacred geometries actually in the physical. And actually, this is the first podcast that I'm broadcasting. I actually have a sacred geometry in the Divine Line Meditation recording room And this is going to be uh, amplifying and affecting the messages, the healing, and um, just the power of what we're co-creating here. I'm actually holding this amazing geometric. It's made out of metal, and it is called the embryonic solar star. So one of the main uh, foundational awarenesses of the template is that we are a solar race, and... um, this is the feminine aspect of the sun. So you'll find as I go forward, uh, and I have been in this practice for, I don't know, maybe six or seven years, uh, that i we are focused on the sun and the Earth um, as the key planets in the solar system. Um, so if you haven't watched the template, check it out. Um, just the report on the experience. It was extraordinary really, really uh, an amazing experience to interact with these sacred geometries and feel the actual shift and change inside the body. So uh, I think we interacted with over 36 different forms, um, all beautiful, brilliant, uh, magnificent um, creations and expressions of, of, of spirit. Um, and this is Going back to the golden mean or the Fibonacci spiral, or if any of you have read any of Drunvalo Melchizedek's work, uh, it's sort of the idea that every single thing in manifestation can be traced back to this one geometric form, which is, in fact, within sacred geometry, it is confirmed that we are all one. Um, And all of these geometries, at some point, they morph into each other. But it's a journey uh, through these uh, geometric interactions, which reawaken dormant DNA that has been called junk DNA. And this is restoring the original divine human blueprint that has been uh, separated from us, that has been um, actually turned off. For thousands and thousands of years. So, just at a very basic level, it's very logical and very uh, magical both at once, which is beautiful. It's the masculine and the feminine. But um, when we consider nature, you know, the Fibonacci spiral or the golden mean, we know this to be true. Um, It's very easy and free of dogma, a person, an ideology, rules, sins, um, burden. It's just total freedom that we are all these geometrics. We contain all these geometries within ourselves. And this interaction with this form, uh, which is done to music, and they light it from uh, underneath and spin it. And you see all these different coatings and shapes, and it's just, it's extraordinary. So anyway, I will be sharing more about that uh, coming up. We're going to be traveling to Bali at the end of September with um, a group of individuals to um, activate the 7th through 14th codes. Um, So anyway, it's going to be a journey, something I feel that is going to become a part of Divine Throughline, so I'm really happy to share that with you. So I had my first meeting on developing the hologram, the resonator. Um, I keep using that word hologram. I wonder why. I'll have to check into that. Maybe there's a reason. But it's an energetic model, much like my Jai Seed Release Meditation Program that some of you have been doing. If you haven't been doing it, you can access this meditation program on my website, srimati.com. It's a 30-minute meditation that is designed for the modern life and it seals you, connects you and amplifies beautiful qualities in your life connecting you to your soul mission. I can't recommend it enough. I did get an email recently from an individual who started practicing yoga very intensely and she started to pick up some lower vibrating um, energies and what um, do I want to say desires, actually. And this was seeming very off off to her. She couldn't really figure out why. I mean, yoga is supposed to connect us to uh, the sort of more altruistic aspects of ourselves. Uh, But I feel like, again, there's so much in the field uh, and many of us are very, very sensitive and we have not been taking care of our light bodies. We're completely disconnected from the fact that we're not just a physical human being. We have light bodies um, and other aspects of ourselves. So This meditation actually helps you to build a light body, a connection to your light body and teach you how to seal your field so that when you're going into life um, and also, yes, if you're very sensitive and you start a very intense yoga practice, you're going to open. So chances are you're feeling everything in the room. Um, You may have picked up some energy from someone else. Um, and again, I do recommend if you're if you're having an imbalance that shows up from the practice, then you need to back it off a little bit. I'm extremely sensitive. And if I go into a real, you know, hardcore yoga class, I could kick myself into, you know, really uh, bed for three days afterwards. So I'm processing so much energy. So you have to know yourself. You have to understand that this energy is very powerful. And as we move and we activate and we open, we are experiencing much more than we even understand. This is why I am really committed and really a proponent of learning how to seal your field, keeping yourself inside your own container at all times. Whenever I do healing work with anybody, I'm always sealed in my own field and the person is sealed in their own field. We come together for a moment and then specifically disconnect. Um, This, I feel, is the way you can be a facilitator for healing and not take on other people's energies, karmas, issues. We have enough to deal with of our own than by taking on anybody else's stuff. (laughs) So it's kind of like grandma said, keep your hands to yourself. And uh, as you do this meditation, you will, um, you'll get, you'll get what I'm saying. You'll experience it. And if you don't understand any of my terminology, just don't worry about it. Just feel into it, you know, and uh, start to sense things with your entire being. Not just, the, you know, the mind is just a tool, but the heart is the divine mind. But start to really feel into situations, you know, understand you have a lot more senses than just your brain. So start to feel into things. Feel into qualities of experience. Trust yourself. If something doesn't feel right in a situation, well, you should trust that. Trust your body. Your body has immense intelligence, and um, it's trying to get your attention, and often we aren't listening. Uh, So anyway, I met with Lydia. We had a Skype meeting, this beautiful girl. And um, uh, anyway, she... (laughs) Her, her eyes were big. Uh, I think I blew her mind when I was showing her the diagrams of this resonator model. It's basically a multidimensional energetic field that will allow us to mine the Akashic records and kind of get all of our All of our talents, all of the the qualities from all of our experiences from 12 lifetimes and put it into one lifetime, this one that we're living here. So um, it makes things uh, very awesome and multidimensional. And we can start to tap into greater and greater levels of who we are, what it really means to be a divine human. So I say we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that's one perspective. And now uh, what's really up is that we are multidimensional beings having a simultaneous experience. Uh, So we're merging past and future into a single point of awareness now. And um, this is an energetic model that is similar to the tree. Um, It's kind of like this world of Eden uh, that is part of Jai Release, but... This particular one is about gathering all those lifetimes and being a resonator. So we're sounding, it's a tone, it's a harmonic. And it's going to be connected to music, future music that I'm doing. I am really, really feel blessed to have channeled this and brought this in. And we'll see how it forms up. Uh, But Lydia, you're a, a goddess for raising your hand and, and agreeing to, uh, work with me. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. So finally, I just want to thank all you guys, whoever has donated and contributed on Patreon. You're making a huge difference in my life. I actually recorded a music video. I'm going to release it first on Patreon so you guys can, um, enjoy it. I'm really pleased feel incredibly blessed and honored to have worked with Avery Wheelis. She's a fine artist uh, in her 20s, and we had so much fun, and she picked a really beautiful song, Beloved, that I played in the last episode. So anyway, she's doing a final cut and just color correction, and um, I'm going to look at some strategy of how I should put it out, but I'm going to put it on Patreon first so you guys can have a look at that. And then also, um, I just want to thank everybody who made donations uh, this month as well. Um, I had some extra expenses in addition to the podcast, um, the most important being the sacred geometry piece that I got for us. So my plan is I will make a video and share it with you guys so you can see and experience it that way. But if you're interested in this and this is getting your attention, um, please remember to go watch the template um, ceremonies one and two on YouTube. So I think that might be it. I do have one really important um, announcement. and Rich and I have had uh, to shift some things again. Um, we actually have postponed our Italian retreat at the end of May. And we've moved it to April twenty eighteen sorry May twenty eighteen because we have I have the Plant Power Away Italia book coming out in April of 2018. So if any of you guys have been considering joining us in Italy, this gives you one year to prepare. Um, we're also going to come up with a payment plan. This was Mel's idea, our producer, because we really want to make it um, something that more people can participate in. It's a very high-end trip. Uh, it is expensive, but it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime not really vacation, transformational journey that will shift you into a new way of being and living, uh, more connected to your heart. The two trips that we've done have been absolutely extraordinary, magical in every way. We have countless testimonials and footage and people talking about it. So um, if you have any uh, desire or interest of that, go to the website, plantpowerworld.com. And you can look at some testimonials and see the place and kind of check it out and maybe see if it's something you want to get on board for. If you think it's your divine appointment, then we've got a spot for you. So thanks so much. Um, Now moving on to this summer, um, Rich is going to join me in Ireland uh, we had thought for a minute that I was going to do Ireland alone and that we were going to do Italy together. Rich has a race coming up in September in Sweden, but we reorganize things. It feels much, much better and more fluid. We are going to be uh, going to Ireland July 24th to the 31st. We're also bringing in the happy pair for one day of cooking, which will be great. If you guys don't know those... Irish twins, they're really twins, but they happen to be Irish. <laughs> and David and Stephen, they're going to come and cook with us. And they're basically building a vegan empire in Ireland. They have a huge company, you know, 150 employees, 60 products. They're they are amazing, amazingly sweet guys. Very, very, very amazing. So they're coming down to spend a day with us. Uh, we're going to be at Ballyvalaine, which is an extraordinary manor in South Cork. It's uh, it's a magical place and I'm really looking forward to spending that week with all of you. It's going to be a very spiritual retreat. We're going to go very, very deep um, and uh, also eat amazing plant-based food and all of that. So if you're interested in that, please uh, go to plantpowerworld.com and send Mel an email. We're already booking those spots. And uh, anyway, that's about it for right now. So Rich and I are off to Miami. We are going to be hosting a screening of What the Health in Miami um, on Thursday night. I'm going to try to see if Harry can put this up on Wednesday this week, just so I get it up. And then Rich and I are having a date weekend. Imagine that. Um, That's been quite a while since we've gone on a trip just, just to hang out. So we're actually not hanging out I'm doing like three or four promotional things for my cheese book. (laughs) But um, we are going to spend some time together and just connect. We've got a really busy six months coming up. And with the book release, This Cheese is Nuts, which is out on June 13th, it's going to start to get a little bit crazy. So we're trying to honor our relationship and put the time in and have just some moments to connect. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. So anyway, uh, please look for the healing technique I'm going to record that and uh, just uh, looking forward to sharing that with you. It's uh, actually going to be a technique about healing in a sacred river. So something very experiential, make sure you're not driving and um, I'll see you over at the, on the technique soon. Um I just want to say again that even if no one else believes in you, please remember that I believe in you to find your own way home. It'll be your own unique journey, unlike anyone else, because there's only one of you in the entire multiverse created exactly as you are. Only you can do you. There's no one else who can do it. So, please be more of who you are and know that I believe in you to find your way home. It cannot be otherwise, for you are a divine emanation of God. Have a beautiful week. I'm sending you lots of love and blessings to you and your families. Namaste. Trying to make sense.
1: What the